Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome, welcome, Awareness Explorers. Good to have you back for another episode where we explore what's really important in life. And I am your host, Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my co-host, Brian Tom O'Connor. And today we are exploring the topic, is life a school? And if so, what we can do about it. And I like this topic because I was in a spiritual community that would use this term, life is a school. And I think there's a lot to unpack here. But when I use that term here, Brian, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Well, the first thing I pops into my head is wondering whether this is going to be one of our two wings conversations, where I talk about how life is a school of awakening to your true nature as pure awareness. And you talk about how life is a school for improving your interactions with the world. And I realize, oh, you're right. It does need to be both. <laughs> so we yeah, might as well you... cut to the chase. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot in there, though. And um, I will do my best to present my wing. And you'll, of course, do your best to present your specific wing. And hopefully there'll be more wisdom between us than just in one of our heads. So when I think of is life a school, you know, one way of looking at it is that in, say, the Hindu religion, they often say that we're trying to evolve our, our soul or consciousness or whatever you want to call it, and that we have all these lives, and each time we hopefully learn something until we become enlightened. Or if you look at the movie Groundhog Day, it's kind of a, a version of that idea that you repeat the same thing over and over again until you get it right, which might involve one life, it might involve one Groundhog Day, or it might involve uh, 50,000 lives, as some uh, people in the Hindu religion believe. And whether it's true or not, on a grand scale, I do like that point of view, because if you're trying to learn from life, hopefully you get more wise as you get older, and you can contribute more to the world. And hopefully, to give due credit to your wing, you also become more awake, you become more peaceful, you become more aware of awareness, and put those two things together, and you have a, a rip-roaring, soaring life. Yeah, you really do. If you, if, you can, uh, if you can see your true nature and realize that we are all one, that's what that What's looking out of my eyes is the same as looking out through everyone else's lives and then behave in the world in a way that is true to that understanding, mm. which means mm. which means compassion, which means understanding, which means allowing others to be the way they are, which means seeing that everyone is really doing their best. So. So the understanding can affect how you interact with the world when you see it, when you see the world as yourself. 
Mm -hmm. And something we discussed before we started the recording was that if you go deep enough into awareness and realizing that we're all one awareness, we're part of a human swarm, so to speak, that is sharing the gift of awareness, then your behavior in the world will be wise. You will not screw over people, you won't blame them, you'll you'll have a lot of wisdom, and you'll be learning from life in that way, if you go to the extreme of seeing that we're all one. And I think the opposite is true, that if you take life, each moment, each negative emotion, each challenging experience, and you're trying to learn from it, you eventually will become wise enough that you'll become more loving, peaceful, and aware. But both of these paths have many detours <laughs> that can really screw you up. You know, I've seen a lot of people who who just go into awareness and they end up in what I call a peace prison. They're peaceful, but you know, they don't they don't necessarily have a life that looks good because they haven't really learned how to do relationships well. They haven't learned how to handle money. They haven't learned how to handle or communicate well, what they've learned is, you know, awareness can bring peace, but that's not the only thing one is trying to do in life, potentially. Yes, and a lot of spiritual teachers call this the embodiment process. There are many other words for it, but they are hinting at, or they're not just hinting at, they're telling us that awakening to your true nature may only be the first step. Yeah. that you then must embody that. You then must, uh, and in, embody in, in the sense of it must start to filter through and live in your body where the, the knots of conditioning have to dissolve and embody it in the sense of representing that in the world. And I would argue that those who say they are in an experience of peace and yet can't seem to get along with their spouses in the world may be actually missing that key element of of allowing of really removing all conditions from your experience meaning conditions the way other people have to behave and the way you have to be i think instead that what they're missing is learning from life in specific ways. So that's the other wing which uh, this podcast today is mostly about is how do you learn from your life? How do you treat your life as a school and become a student of life? And I think, you know, a real simple way you could say, uh, with each challenge in your life, each negative emotion in your life, you could say, what am I supposed to learn from this? Or what could I learn from this? You know, it's not any more complicated than that necessarily, but that is a, it's different hearing that soundbite and actually taking the moment to moment experience of your life and really humbly trying to see what obstacle in you, what shortcoming in you might be leading to these challenges over and over again. And I think that people aren't really good at either of these wings, which is good news, because that means there's a lot of room for improvement. But I know I was in a, a community where we really focused on what can I learn from this? And it was it was challenging. It was very humbling. 
if you look at life that way, I'll use a very recent example. <laughs> um, today, you had trouble with your computer and Zoom, and, and that happens maybe one in five times that either you or me have some kind of technical glitch. But as I'm waiting for this to happen today, I'm noticing that I'm getting a little, you know, frustrated because I have an appointment, you know, in an hour and a half, and, and I'm now starting to feel a little hurt, bit in a hurry because there's a technical glitch. So I asked myself, you know, as I'm noticing I'm getting uptight, what can I learn from this? Well, first it comes up that it shouldn't be happening. Zoom should be working better, or your computer should be working better, or my computer should be working better. You know, the, the whole blame approach. And blame hides everything that we could learn. So I know blame doesn't work. So I go, okay, no, what could I learn from this? And what I saw was that basically I set up my life so that I would be in a hurry if everything did not go perfectly. And have I done that before? Yeah, maybe seven or 18,000 times. <laughs> now, why am I doing that 17 or 18,000 times in my life? I should be learning, don't, you know, things happen. Life is not efficient. Computers don't always work. There are technical glitches. And I said, ah, there's another case of where I, I shouldn't have set up something. You know, and if I really took on that learning, I wouldn't, I would create plenty of time for mistakes to happen. Or I would create very different expectations. My expectation is that things always work. And in reality, they do not. So I saw that, well, okay, if I'm really taking this on, I have unrealistic expectations that create me setting up time pressure that leads to upset. Now it's a small upset and it's not a big deal, but that's a way we can learn is from small things better than big things. So this is an example of the value of potentially saying, well, what can I learn from this? What, what maybe shortcoming in me is creating a problem here? Well, I'm very glad that uh, I was having some technical issues with my computer, which is brand new, by the way. <laughs> and I got it because I was having problems with my old computer, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I solved them. But it was what I'm saying is that it's fortunate that that happened because it triggered such an eloquent description of what you went through. Uh, and I'm really grateful to hear it. Um, and that description is really a very good description of that wing. Yeah. Of, of the plane. And I'd like to present the other wing, which is very similar. But what do you do when you start feeling some negative emotion or some emotion that you don't want to feel? And it could be impatience or frustration or anxiety or fear or, or anything. And what I find is that whenever that happens, that is a golden opportunity to stop and ask, what is this appearing in? what knows this experience? What is the, the field of awareness that knows that experience? However, you have to couple that with being totally okay with that happening now, with dropping the strategies to change the feeling 
or to yeah. do an action to change the situation. So you're dropping, you're dropping that. So that's one, the allowing step, and then the turning around inward and looking at awareness and then identifying with awareness. And when you identify with that, you realize that awareness because it, like a mirror, reflects everything that appears in it without itself being changed or altered. It's like the sky is not affected by the thundercloud. When you identify with that, then it brings on a kind of a loving, peaceful, wonderful feeling. And then something happens when you do that often enough in life and it starts to become second nature. Then the things that you do that are what you would call um, maybe shortcomings within yourself start to resolve themselves. You start to see them and you start to see that they're not in, they're not made of the same kind of point of view that the pure allowing loving awareness is and you shift to that and then you then you become more forgiving you become more allowing you become less upset moment to moment however the the, the trick is you don't do it in order to not have those feelings and mm -hmm. that's really tricky however you know that whenever you have those feelings this technique is available to you at any moment, and it can take a, a couple of seconds. And I would say that they're both equally good ways of, of treating it, and, and it is the school of life. When these things arise, you have these choices of how you can deal with them, and you can learn from them and grow from them. And if you can see it in that way, your negative emotions can be like little alarm clocks waking you up to either asking the question, what can I potentially learn from this that would be valuable? Or what is this negative emotion in? It's in the field of awareness. And when you when you have that like space of seeing it in awareness, that actually gives you more space to learn from something. If you don't have that space, we tend to go into blame or trying to change things, and there's no space for anything else to come in. So in that way, the the, the wing of awareness or the wing of learning from uh, a lesson are, are very compatible with each other, and they can support each other. Yes, when you put it that way, I see what you mean, that, that, they, that they really can be, and vice versa. Um, mm -hmm. when, you, um, when you learn, like, for example, in your, uh, in your example, when you learn from maybe uh, I don't have to schedule my life in such a way that I'm always in a hurry, or maybe I don't have this expectation of life that things always are going to go well. In other words, I don't have conditions. Perhaps when you loosen all that stuff, then it might be easier and you might have more space or you might even have more time to drop into your true nature as awareness. Absolutely. And that's one of the benefits of becoming wiser is that you're not, uh, hopefully as you become wiser, you create a life that's more harmonious and a more harmonious life can give more space for dropping into well-being, uh, peace, awareness, whatever you want to call it. 
Now, also a difficult life can also be useful because if your life is really difficult, like um, yours and mine once were, that gives you motivation to seek, you know? So uh, either, you know, there's advantages to having a happy, harmonious life. It gives you more space to explore these things. And it's there's advantages to having a very difficult life. It gives you more motivation to to want something else. That's right. Although it really is tricky because a difficult life really can trigger a, a search like this, a spiritual search, if you want to call it that, or simply in my case, it was simply a search for happiness, a search for how not to be depressed anymore. And in the course of that search, I stumbled upon non-dual spirituality. And unlike other techniques, it actually seemed to work for me. Mm -hmm. But the, the danger is that you, you start seeking what you think you need to alter in your experience in order to be happy. And that is leading down a, um, an, a, a dead end path. It's not because one of the central tenets, and I and I've in my experience, I believe this to be true because I've noticed it to be true, that happiness is not dependent upon the specifics of experience. It's your nature, and it can be discovered when you drop your conditions for how experience ought to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and we've had this uh, debate before, but. Uh, there's, I call it, there's inner happiness and outer happiness, and they're both good. Uh, inner happiness is your true nature whenever you taste of it. Outer happiness is when things go the way you want. I think it's good to get good at both of them to some extent, because that leads to a more balanced life. Um, there is no right or wrong answer to that. It's just a, a matter of, of different values and priorities and where you and what works for you, you know, because when I was young and didn't know about my true nature, <laughs> getting good at manipulating things to be the way I want was was the only path to happiness. But once you discover that there's another path, you know, two heads are better than one, two wings are better than one. So it's great to to uh, kind of like invest well, I'll put 50% of my life energy in this one, I'll put 50% in this one, and hopefully things will turn out to be a good mix. Well, there's another reason why it can be a good mix. And, and that's sometimes people in the non-dual spiritual search create a false duality and think that they should not enjoy the things in life mm. that are going well. And this is, I believe, not the case. I, I, I believe this is a mistake. You can be completely in tune with your true nature, and you can be that knowingly and live life from there and enjoy the things that the individual personality likes. And, yeah. you know, when, when, you, when, you, when you have certain preferences and you get them and you enjoy them, you can enjoy them fully without having to create a false um, dichotomy, a fa like, oh, I shouldn't enjoy this because therefore I'm not spiritual or something. No, no, there's no divining lines. All experience is all part of the same consciousness. It's, in fact, that's all it is, is consciousness. 
Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's unfortunate when people make that dividing line. So I want to um, share something which uh, there were used, there was a book written many years ago called If Life is a Game, These Are the Rules. And I think it could have also been called If Life is a School, These Are the Rules. And uh, it has 10 rules. I want to share them. They're very quick. First rule, you will receive a body. Uh, check. Got that one. Second rule, you'll be presented with lessons. Yeah, that's happening. Okay. Third rule, there are no mistakes. There are only lessons. That one takes has taken a lot of years to get. There are no mistakes. There are only lessons. Fourth, a lesson is repeated until learned. I've seen that. It's very easy to see that with other people. You know, sometimes you see people, they do something, they make the same money mistakes and make the same relationship mistakes and make the same mistakes over and over again. And they're not learning anything. You think, God, I hope someday they kind of get that one. Of course, that's happening with you and I as well. But lessons tend to be repeated until they're learned, just like in Groundhog Day, where uh, the character kept on getting lessons until he finally learned it and he could get out of his predicament. Uh, next one, number five, learning never ends. I think that's true. Six, there is no better than here. So when you get that lesson, you'll get a new lesson. It's not like you ever run out of lessons. Number seven, others are only mirrors of you. That's a really important lesson to get that can take forever, but some people get it very quickly. Number eight, what you make of your life is fully up to you. I believe that. Number nine, all your answers lie inside of you. And number 10, you will forget all of this at your birth. <laughs> Those are really lovely. You want to hear what my favorites are in that list? Okay, please. Six and nine. Uh-huh, which is, there is no better than here. Right. And, uh, and all your answers lie inside you. Right. And there is no better than here because we have this idea that we need to get somewhere mm -hmm. in order to awaken or in order to simply be happy. And I don't really think that's true. And when we drop that idea that we have to get somewhere, happiness happens automatically. Yeah. And then the ninth one, which was all the answers are inside. Yes, you turn your attention around from the content of awareness to awareness itself, to what's within you, what's within you that's open, clear, loving, allowing, and happy, and already there. I have a different hit on that particular rule, and that is all the answers are inside you if you ask the right question. Like, what can I learn from this? What, what is this? What is the curriculum I'm currently receiving, and am I getting the lesson? So there's two ways to look at that. And once again, the two wings analogy that if you put those two together, you have a very wise, peaceful person and you can learn the lessons really quickly. You don't have to spend 10 years on the same lesson over and over again, you know, which is kind of what a lot of people do, including, you know, like this lesson about time that I talked about today, that I set up things where I don't really expect things to go wrong. And when they do, it's upsetting. And, you know, I spent some time in India many years ago. And what I found in India, things 
don't work maybe like half the time, maybe more. You know, you expect a, a train to be there. It doesn't show up. You turn on the light in the hotel. It doesn't work. You flush the toilet. It doesn't work. Uh, the, you plug in your, your computer into the outlet. It doesn't work. And it's just the first two weeks can be hell because you're used to things working and they just don't, or at least this was 25 years ago. Anyways, after maybe two weeks, I finally got to a point where I just didn't expect anything to necessarily work. And it was very freeing. I felt incredibly like, then I would turn on the, the, the light in the hotel. And when it worked, it would be like, oh my God, the light works. <laughs> you know, it would be like a pleasant surprise. But in America, I expect things to work and maybe they don't 5% of the time or 10% of the time. And you call AT&T, which I did recently about my bill, they made a mistake on my bill. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just correct this bill, It'll take 10 minutes. Well, it took two and a half hours. And it showed me that I had unrealistic expectations. I think you should just be able to call them and it works out. It maybe took actually a little over two hours. And that unrealistic expectation, which I was, if I was asking the question, well, what can I learn from this? That would help me to let go of these rules and expectations and beliefs that don't fit with reality. And that would be a much more peaceful life. And a peaceful life, I think, is closer to awakening, even if it's just that I've let go of a bunch of outdated rules and would give me the space to then just kind of hang out in nowness without all these rules, without all these agendas that can create disharmony. Absolutely. And if the result of, of, of the technique of what can I learn from this is the letting go of these rules and expectations and agendas, then it's absolutely right on. And, and in a way, it's actually the same. Um, as as the allowing technique in, in spirituality. It's not arguing with reality. It's right. not putting conditions on experience. It's it's and and one of my favorite techniques is you think something shouldn't be happening. Well, why shouldn't it be happening? Yeah. Or something should be so you know, something something should be different than it is. Why should it be different than it is? Exactly. Anytime you use a should or shouldn't, you're you're veering from reality. Exactly. Uh, you're and in Byron Katie's term, you're you're arguing with reality. Um, and and yes, that's absolutely right. And that's just what you're describing. And I have another technique that that I call the um, BFD, um, which is <laughs> big friggin' deal. You know so. So you're anxious, so big friggin' deal. So somebody is acting in a way that you don't like, so big friggin' deal. So it's dropping the expectations, it's dropping the agenda, it's dropping the conditions you have on life. And the reason that you drop them is so that you can rid yourself of the mistaken idea that happiness is dependent upon outward experience. Yeah. Not that you can't enjoy outward experience, but you're not dependent upon it for happiness. 
So both the lesson approach to life and the awareness approach eventually lead to the same thing, a more open, spacious person who is free of obstacles so that they can be more fully present. Well, a more open, free person who is free of obstacles that they can be more fully present. If that's the description of you, then who needs awakening? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, that's, you know, I, 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 I'm not interested in spirituality because I want to know ultimate spiritual truths. I, I'm interested so that I can simply be happy and interact with the world in, in, a, in a peaceful, creative, loving, enjoying way. That's actually, I hate to admit it. Well, no, actually, I love to admit it. That's all I really care about. It's just that my, my, you know, my, my educated guess was that the way there was through these kind of awareness practices of non-dual spirituality. And it, and it, at least it worked for me, but it didn't work for me because I wanted to be spiritual. It worked for me for secular. My goal was secular, yeah, simple yeah. happiness and not being depressed. Mm -hmm. I once came upon a, uh, a sect of a Buddhist school. Um, I don't know the name of it, but they have a point of view that I thought, thought was very interesting. And that is, or a technique, which was pretend that everybody on Earth is a completely awakened being, except for you. <laughs> so everything that everybody does from the president to your noisy neighbor to your mate who's doing something difficult are all goading you as a way to help you to awaken that everything in life is there to help you to awaken all the people all the all the global warming all the pandemics all they're all there to help you be aware of your attachments and to help you to maybe create suffering on your attachments so that you'll let go so you'll learn so you'll eventually awaken it's an interesting way of looking at life that um that it can be helpful if you see it that oh the whole the whole game is helping me to awaken. Well, that's a lovely technique. And actually, put it specifically in that way, it's new to me. And I think it perfectly sums up what this episode is about. Yeah, yeah. And one way to help uh, you and I and our listeners to awaken is to support this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so please, uh, if you like it, go to our patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers. It shows um, one thing that I'm excited about doing, Brian, is that we now send our Patreon supporters uh, outtakes from some of our interviews with people and extra guided meditations. And that's been fun to, you know, a lot of times after our, our talks, we talk to somebody for a while and some of the best stuff comes out at that point. So yeah. now we're sending them excerpts from the outtakes and extended versions of our interviews with, with various guests. Yeah, I enjoy that too. It, it, it really is cool how, how we, we end the podcast and then we just keep on gabbing. Right. Some good stuff comes up or sometimes just some humorous stuff. That's true too. Because so, the one thing, the odd thing about it is that Practically every really awakened person I've ever met has a great sense of humor. 
That is true as well. And, and, you know, awakening doesn't lead to the sameness in everybody. It leads to their full personality, call it blossoming in ways that are both humorous and unique. Yeah. And I like how that comes out often after we've stopped our formal recording and, <laughs> and we're happy to send those to our Patreon supporters. So thank you very much for your support. Any last um, ideas before we dive into a guided meditation? The only thing I wanted to mention is that I surprised myself. And actually, there were a couple of times when I actually argued your wing. Ah, the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> and like, oh, OK, that, 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 that's interesting. I didn't think I was going to do that, but um, it felt good. You know, being that I was with this spiritual school that focused on on what can you learn? It's really helped me to contribute more to life, I think, because all the ways that I have maybe tripped over myself in the past, I get over them more quickly than a lot of people nowadays, because I see, oh, there's a lesson here for me. And it's even helped me financially. I've made every single stupid financial mistake you can make. But I tend to only make them once or twice, rather than over and over again. Mm -hmm. And that has helped in being able to be more productive and hopefully help more people in the world. Uh, so there are advantages to that approach, as there are advantages in people who just find very quickly, they realize, as you did, that the way to happiness is within, and it's always available, and it's basically our true nature. Right. And, and the reason that in the past we've often argued against each other is because of my experience of dropping the self-improvement mm -hmm. project, that that's what helped me the most, and it sounded like you were in favor of the self-improvement project. But I think in this episode, we really found uh, common ground. Yeah, and that there's pitfalls to each approach. Yeah. And when you combine them, you hopefully lessen the pitfalls, the potential drawbacks of each approach. Yeah. Ah, we came to an agreement. <laughs> Great. Well, that must be our cue to go into the guided meditation. It must be. It must be. Okay, well, for this guided meditation, make yourself comfortable. It will be partly a contemplation as well as a meditation. So once you are comfortable, if you can, close your eyes. If not, that's okay. I want you to remember a recent time where you had a small negative emotion, a, a small difficult experience. It could be today, yesterday, last week, just this one small incident. I want you to play that incident in your mind if you can. Remember what happened. Notice how you reacted. Notice how your body felt. 
And notice even the belief that maybe came up that this shouldn't be happening, or that person shouldn't be doing this, or any other belief that may have contributed to this small negative experience. Now, kind of imagine you could rewind this movie and play it back, but this time you're going to look at through different glasses. You're going to look at it through the lens that this was a perfect opportunity for you to learn something valuable. So play that movie again, but now through the lens that, oh, this is like the creation helping me learn something valuable or hopefully see something valuable. And fully allow yourself to experience it through the lens, through the perspective that life is a school and this was a lesson. And as you look at this event through that lens, notice how your body feels. And even ask yourself, well, what is or was a potential thing I could learn from that situation? What was something that I could learn from that? And maybe you get an answer right away, or maybe it takes some time. But we're going to go on to another contemplation where you remember a positive experience that you had recently. Once again, could have been today, yesterday, last week, just a small positive experience you had with a person or with something in your life. And as you remember that, notice how that feels. And even our positive experiences can point to a lesson as to something we do that works in the world or works in relationships. So as you remember this positive experience, you can also look at it through the lens of what positive thing can I learn from this experience? And once again, sometimes it will become immediately obvious, or sometimes it might take some time. When you ask the question, what could I potentially learn from this? But let's go on into one more experience, and that is, an, I want you to remember a difficult event from your past, not something traumatic, but, you know, something that really impacted you. Could have been long ago or recently, but something that was, you know, a major difficult experience in relationship or finances or health, perhaps. 
just choose one. And as you remember this experience, you can kind of remember the event like you're watching a movie. You see the whole thing happening. And you notice how that feels in your body as you remember it. But once again, I want you to play back that movie with the new lens. I'll call it the lessons lens, like putting on rose-colored glasses. And as you review this event that impacted you negatively, looking back, how did or could this have served you? How did this serve you? Or how could it have served you? What could you have learned from it? Maybe there's even more than one lesson. What else could you have learned? Or how else could it have served you? Sometimes our pain leads to new wisdom or perhaps more open-heartedness or even compassion. So you have the lessons lens on. And today, I'd like you to imagine that you keep wearing the lessons lens. Imagine that you have these, your glasses if you wear them, or invisible glasses wearing them. That even small challenges, even small events that happen today are filtered through these lessons lens, these glasses that help you to see the world in terms of lessons to be learned, wisdom to be gained from each and every interaction and event in your life. Perhaps you have unrealistic expectations in a situation or a belief that something shouldn't be happening when it is. And with these lens, these lessons lens, you can feel yourself letting go of the lens of blame and instead being open and receptive to the curriculum you're given in life and learning from that curriculum, even in small instances. And with that lens, there's a sense of openness and curiosity and excitement about what you can learn, what you can gain. And with this openness, an openness to the fact that you are always an awareness in the background, 
taking on a human form to learn from life, enjoy life, and get the most juice out of life. When you're ready, take your time. You can gently open your eyes to the material realm and all that it has to offer you. Welcome back. Thank you. So that was a little different than our normal meditations. I'm wondering uh, your thoughts on it. Well, I liked it very much um, because I think that I think that it that it triggers insight. It triggered an insight in me. For example, in practically every case where I was imagining some negative experience and what can I learn, what came clear was that defending my ego is always a no-win situation. Yeah. Because that's not where peace and joy and happiness live in your ego and whether or not you're good or right. Uh, it's, it's just <laughs> it's not where it's at. Yeah, and the question is how, I mean, how many times does that lesson have to become apparent before we kind of get it? Yeah. You know? And the answer is as many times as it needs to be. Obviously. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of nice when you shorten it from, you know, 10,000 times to like two, you know, that person becomes very wise. And I've seen some people, I do know some people that they get it like right away. And yeah. those are the people I most enjoy and respect in life. And, and they, um, glide through life because they're they're getting their lessons so quickly and easily uh life doesn't have to beat them to a pulp before they say i surrender okay i got it <laughs> right yes so but some of those people life beat to a pulp first then yes they yes it. they finally got it after after they were beaten up pretty well that's true that's true so, so if my, you do, if you get beaten up by life pretty well, don't get bitter about it. Know that, hey, it might just be possible for me to actually learn these things for once, finally. Yeah. yeah. If you're alive, there's always hope. Yeah, that's right. So I hope something we said today helps our listeners. And if you find that this podcast is inspiring and helpful to you, pass it on to your friends and family because... We need all the inspiration we can get nowadays. There's a lot of downward forces, and we try and put upward ideas, upward methods, upward inspiration that hopefully uh, brings you to, to a more peaceful and loving place. Yep. Yep. And upward. may your lessons be easy and feel free to share with us uh, your emails. We enjoy them. We respond to them. And if you have ideas for things that you would like us to explore or guests that you'd like us to talk to, feel free to email us. You can reach us on our website, awarenessexplorers.com. And may your lessons be joyful, easy, and profound. And we will catch you next time. Till then. Keep exploring.
Keep exploring. Upward and inward. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.